Emily. Hey, Kyle. How would you describe your mood today? Um, just getting through. <laughs> oh, so like tragic. <laughs> <laughs> no, not tragic. Just like blah, you know? Oh, blah. But not like blah, like blah, blah, like in a in a silly kind of way. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, if you threw some like Nickelodeon gack at the wall. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally brought Nickelodeon Gak up the other day and the person I was talking to had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, I guess I'm old. Yeah, that makes sense, Kyle. I'll be honest, I'm barely old enough to know what Gak is. So, and you and I are 64 years apart. 64 years apart. It's true. I'm 30 and Emily is negative 34. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Emily wants to say... Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator. Hey, Kyle, do you have... I've been looking for a new word to add to my personal lexicon. Can you... Do you have any? Let me just... Hold on. Let me just go through my papers here. Kyle, if you don't, we're done for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, here's a good one. What a relief. Emily, your word today is... Peccant. P-E-C-C-A-N-T. Peccant. 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 <laughs> when I say it like that, it sounds like I wish it should be bleeped. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't like that. Okay. So, right off the bat, I'm getting either adjective or noun vibes. Is Emily, it one of those? It's both of those. Yeah, that makes sense. Is it... Latin? It's Latin. Boy, I'm two for two. You're two for two. And is the hint that you have written? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to guess that one. But I will, I'll make, I'll do, hey, I'll do Mm -hmm. a wild stab before I get the hint. We love them. Well, my initial thoughts on seeing peccant is like picante. So does it have anything to do with like spiciness? It may be in a certain figurative sense. (laughs) I'm really getting a vibe on this word, but (laughs) give me the hint. (laughs) Emily, your hint is wicked. Oh, so it might be bleep worthy. (laughs) It might be spicy. And it's definitely wicked. It's definitely wicked. (laughs) Boy. So... I'm sorry, I'm just responding to a note I've received from my producer that says, Kyle is a friggin' liar. I don't think I am. I've been told that Kyle has misled me. I I don't think I have. I mean, um, you know, perhaps. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, you know, I'm going to work with the information that I've been given as Mm -hmm. I've interpreted it. And mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that peccant, I'm going to go for the adjective because that feels 
gettable to me. And I'm going to say the peccant means like taboo. You're very close. Can you just play like the first one second of the victory music? <laughs> We're going to play it, but really muffled. <laughs> Can you play it, but nightcore? <laughs> nightcore? What is that? <laughs> Never mind, Kyle. You're not hip enough. It's because oh. you're 64 years older than me. You don't get it. <laughs> Kyle, tell me what it means. Emily, a peccant means of a person or other agent Guilty of a moral offense, sinning, offending, culpable. Wow. So fully wicked. Fully wicked, yes. And of an action or thing, it can mean offensive or sinful. So it's basically the same thing, but like in a slightly different context. (laughs) Sure. And you said noun? And it can also be a noun, which we'll get to in just a tad bit. But yes, it can be used as a noun. I'll I'll put that on the back burner of my brain. On the on the brain back burner, the BBB triple B. Yeah, that's right, the triple B. It's like a new Guy Fieri show. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna um, see. We're gonna go to the BBB and see what's on the back burner of Emily's brain. Uh, there's a lot of books she meant to read, song lyrics that she once knew that she thought song maybe she, she could get knew. back. <laughs> Emily's brain salsa has really taken us to Flavortown. <laughs> I don't know if it's a salsa. It's like a mushy tapenade. Oh, God. <laughs> taking us to bad town. <laughs> Emily, let's talk about Peckin. Would you mind if I start with some background, some backstory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize I get to choose the order of your outline, but I sure, I'll go along with okay, that. Okay, cool. Fun. <laughs> so, peccant comes from Latin, as you guessed uh, correctly earlier. It comes from pecans or peccantis. Kyle, which... I think that's pronounced pecans, pecans. or pecans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, you got it. But they're delicious. <laughs> they're delicious. Candied. Mm. In a pie. Yeah. yeah. So uh, pecans or pecantis. Pe- sorry. Pe- pe- pecans or pecantis. There we go. Means sinning, transgressing, or offending. And it comes from peco, which means to sin, transgress, or to offend. Who could have guessed? <laughs> it all connects. <laughs> peco comes from proto-italic pet cow, which means to sin, and it's possibly from the Proto-Indo-European root ped, P-E-D, meaning to walk, to step, or to stumble, to fall. Ah, yeah. and pet cow, that it's, it's a sin because you shouldn't have a pet cow? Yeah, I mean, it is <laughs> the, uh, it's the ultimate sin to own a cow yeah, to, uh, as a pet. Well, no, no, you can own one it, like in a farm, but oh, don't wow. have it in your house as a pet. <laughs> and like, have you seen like you know those influencers with like the highland cows, cows in there? Yeah. No, you can't. No, they're adorable though. <laughs> but they're not pets. <laughs> but they're adorable. They're so cute. You could just eat it up. <laughs> Don't fall into this trap, Kyle. <laughs> I know you've got a micro cow on standby that you're ready <laughs> to bring standby. into your it's, home. It's in my Amazon cart. <laughs> so, Emily, you may recognize peco from a more familiar word. Do you know what it is? An English word? An English word, yeah. I don't know what it is. 
Emily, when pecco is combined with the prefix im, meaning <gasps> not, we get impeccabilis, meaning not liable to sin, which came to us through oh. the Middle French impeccable to create <laughs> impeccable, which means perfect wow. without faults, flaws, or errors, or incapable of wrongdoing or sin, immaculate. Sure. Yeah, impeccable. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Which makes uh, a closer but lesser known relative to peccant, peccable. Oh, which you means, could just say peccable? Yeah, which means liable to sin or subject to tra- transgress the divine law. That's really good. We should all start saying peccable along yeah. with impeccable. With impeccable. It, well, so more recently, peccable has been used in a humorous contrast to impeccable just sure. to mean fallible, imperfect, or flawed. Right. But that is yeah. sort of more like a back formation because it's like we're coming at it from knowing impeccable. Right. Yeah. I have a quote that uses impeccable and peccable. It's from the 1992 New York Times review of the classic film, My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> and it declares that its credentials are about as impeccable as you can find in the peccable atmosphere of Hollywood. I was like, oh, that's a good quote. <laughs> that is a very good quote and a very true quote. Very true. Very true. 10 out of 10. Impeccable. So, uh, Emily, because peccant comes directly from Latin texts in the late 1500s, you know, when the printing press started to come around That's and all right, that stuff. That's right, the Gutenberg press. So it had different meanings, right? And, they, and, and the multiple meanings were already established, so it's hard to determine what the first original sense of the word peccant was. Sure. But the current more common sense is morally corrupt, sinning or sinful. For example, as when one article from The Independent described Bill Clinton as the brilliant, if morally peccant, young politician from Arkansas. Sure. But peccant can also refer to an action or thing, as I said earlier, as when the Clockwork Orange author Anthony Burgess used the term in an essay to say the Catholic Church does not regard gambling as peccant. Oh, they don't? (laughs) Well... I don't know if that's true or not, but he said that. (laughs) And that was the context I used. Sure, I gotcha. And thus a sinner, somebody who, you know... A peccanter? Is, is, no, is a peccant. Oh, sure. A peccant. peccant. That does work, because when you first said peccant, I thought it sounds like pedant, which is like a noun that describes a person. Yeah. So, yeah, that lines up to me. I, I don't know if it's used anymore in this sense, but, like, why not? You know, it's there. Sure. Heck, yeah. People would know what you meant. Yeah. And it can also be used um, to refer collectively to a class of sinners as, like, if you're saying, oh, the peccants, you know? <gasps> the peccants ride yeah. at dawn. <laughs> yeah, they ride at dawn. You're like, um, <laughs> but, Emily, historically, peccant was used more often in its other main sense. Do you think you know what its other main sense could be? Oh, it's, uh, that's unrelated to what we've talked about so far? It's related, but it's it, but it's a different meaning. Does it mean like sinful, like when you say like something sinfully delicious, <laughs> sinfully good? No, not at all. But I'd love to think of using the word peccant <laughs> when describing a dessert. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, uh, the other main sense of peccant means unhealthy, corrupt, or diseased, or oh, causing disease. This is less fun. It's less fun than what you had <laughs> just brought up, correct? Yes. So that that's the other sense. And, and historically, it's like used a lot in that sense. Wow. The earliest use of it was in a 1595 translation of Aristotle's Problemata, or Problems, which lists a bunch of medical questions collected by the <gasps> peripatetic school at his <gasps> Lyceum. <gasps> episode whatever, Lyceum. <laughs> Lyceum. <laughs> it's a great episode. <laughs> it's a good episode. Um, but so one such question in Problemata is in the section of the tongue. Ugh. Yeah, get ready for this. That and is it a reads, problemata. <laughs> it is a problemata. It reads, Why do such as are called epilepti, that is, such as are overwhelmed, and as it were drowned in their own blood, and are uh, diseased, uh, savor badly and corruptly? Uh, yeah, I guess I've also wondered that. All <laughs> yeah, right. But I wish I didn't. <laughs> savor here in this question is in an old sense of the word that meant to appear in a certain way. So it was like, why do they appear in in really bad shakes, you know? <laughs> Got any answers to that question, Doc? Oh, uh, yeah, I am a medical professional, so yeah, I, I can definitely answer that. <laughs> um, it's probably, it's because, um, mm -hmm. it's because... It's cuz. It's just cuz. It's, oh, you it's know, when cause. you ask your parents, but why? And yeah. they say cuz. Cuz. That's why. Yeah. You're, you are the doctor that's like, stop asking me questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about to go to lunch, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the actual answer, or at least the answer that's given in this text is. Okay. It says the answer, according unto the physicians, is because the peccant matter lieth in the head. But if he do vomit, then the matter is in the stomach. <laughs> but if they urine much, then the matter is in the passage of the urine. But if they begin to have seed, then it is in the vessels of the seed. And according unto this, the physicians do purge them. Uh, okay. Don't I mean, you love it, Emily? Yeah, it was like, it's like, this happens a lot when we look at like old medical things. It's like, I see where your head was at yeah, and it almost yeah. makes sense yeah 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 and so i guess i'm happy for you <laughs> you got as close as you could get <laughs> you know there's logic here and that's all we ask for <laughs> so, you know aristotle you get a gold star for today <laughs> so emily the prevailing use of peccant historically mm -hmm. is found in the oft repeated phrase peccant humors oh emily what do you know about humorism so that's like the four humors right the four humors the, yeah. the four they're like the four yeah, kinds broadway of broadway show about <laughs> i wish that's what it meant because what i'm about to say is there yeah. the four mm -hmm. kinds of liquid in your body you got it baby and it was like it, at a certain point in time it was like any any question any medical question can be answered with relation to one of these four humors literally emily literally not yeah. just a certain point in time, Emily. Oh, today? <laughs> so humorism or humoralism or the humoral theory was a system of medicine adopted in ancient Greece 
and was foundational for medicine throughout Western medicine until it was disproved by germ theory in the 1850s. Yeah, yeah. And even then, like, some parts of the world were still ascribing to humorism, like, up through the early 1900s. Yeah. Hey, you know, news travels slow before the internet. (laughs) Before the internet. Before bicycles, really. Electricity. Yeah. Before bicycles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how news would circulate was, the globe. Is once they when, invented the bicycle, it was exclusively bicycles. That was the industrial revolution, right? It was all predicated on the bicycle. On the velocipede. Yeah. So the basic concept of humorism was that the human body contained a concoction of different bodily fluids, which yeah. were called humors from the Latin Umor, meaning liquid, and umeo, meaning to be moist. Does the other meaning of humor also come from that? We're gonna get to it, Emily. Please do. I've always wondered this and never wondered it long enough to learn. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you're interested, Emily, because I was like, the episode's gonna be about this. Is this enough about Peckant? <laughs> No, I only want to know about humors from now on. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> we'll circle back from around to it. From now on until the end of time. On. That's right. So, Emily, ancient Greek physician Galen first described how a person with humors in balance was in a state of eucrasia from oh. the ancient Greek ew, meaning well, good, ew. and ew, <laughs> ew, and... <laughs> Krasis, meaning mixture, literally good mixture. While a person with imbalanced humors was in a state of dyscrasia from the ancient Greek dyskrasia, meaning a bad mixture of peccant humors. I'm trying to decide which of those sounds more like an 80s band. Eucrasia, well, it's eucrasia because it's eurythmics <laughs> and asia and asia it's just <laughs> it's just a mashup of those two yeah. bands <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is insane <laughs> so emily hippocrates uh you know that guy with the the, the oath with the oath yeah <laughs> he was the one that solidified the concept of four vital bodily humors yeah so uh, blood is one yes phlegm yep and are, I feel like the other two are like weird ones. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get those. Yeah. Uh, you're not. Okay. Um, go you ahead. might. <laughs> the other two are yellow bile and black bile. What do those mean? Well, I mean, blood is blood. Thank you. <laughs> the no, other no, no, three. Kyle, blood is milk. We covered this in another yes, episode. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the other three are like less. I, I don't know Less exactly. Clear. Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly about yellow bile and black bile, but I was looking into phlegm and literally there is a historical medical text. I can't remember where I saw this. That was like, yeah, but like we've only ever talked about phlegm vaguely. So we don't really know what it is, right? <laughs> I assumed phlegm was phlegm. No, it's not. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I know. I think that's where we get phlegm from. Like they made up a phlegm. word that we still use, but we don't use it for the same thing. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> that's I think horrible. so. 
don't uh, quote me on it, but... Yeah, I'm sure no one will hear you say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So these humors, Emily, were connected to different bad moods known as the four temperaments, which we'll talk about later. But in theory, these bad moods reared themselves when a person contained too much of that fluid. Yeah. When I, hey, when I get phlegmy, it's all downhill Mm -hmm. from there. It's all downhill. Yep. (laughs) So uh, someone who was discrasic would be generally bad humored, right? Oh my gosh. Which nowadays is a phrase associated with irritability, while a eucrasic person would be in good humor. Or a Which means mood. they were uh, surrounded by vanilla ice cream and a chocolate a coating and a popsicle stick. Yes, <laughs> they would be. <laughs> and a little wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> little tinfoil wrapper. <laughs> so, Emily, your oh my God <laughs> is, is right. So, this connection between the bodily humors and moods soon led to the verb to humor, meaning to give <sighs> in to someone's mood or whim. Oh my god. And gosh. eventually narrowed to mean the quality of being comical through the idea of humoring someone to change their mood from bad humored to good humored. I'm going crazy. Isn't this is that insane. This is I'm angry that these two <laughs> words are the same because the the route is so insane and the connection yeah. is yeah. so loose. It's one of those words where you're like, well, there gotta be two separate etymologies for this, right? And it's nope. Yeah. Nope. It's, but it's like it the shakiest bridge holding them together. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So dyscrasia and thus the proliferation of peccant humors was seen, as you rightly pointed out earlier, as the cause of all disease, of everything. And the solution was to purge one of their peccant humors, as was so eloquently noted in Problemata earlier. Yeah. <laughs> For example, Emily... Bloodletting, or the purging of blood to treat illness, you know, that thing that probably killed George Washington, that was widespread up until the late 1800s because it was so connected to humoral theory, right? Yep. This all sounds great. Yeah. Get ready for it, Emily. (laughs) Bloodletting. And this goes back to ancient Greece. Uh Uh-huh. Was of all things... Modeled after the menstruation process. Oh, my God. So it's, oh, oh wow. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so the theory, uh-huh. yeah. Get no, it all out there. I'm angry at myself because I can understand these men's logic. <laughs> yep, 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 the, yep, yep. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. women are getting rid of their bad humors every month. Yep. And that's yep, why yep, they're yep. in a crappy mood for a week until yep. all the blood is gone. Yep. That's so stupid. Yep. So men got to do it too. Like literally, Emily. That's exactly it. So what I have here is it it was believed that menstruation cleansed the female body from peccant blood and other superfluities, which women constantly accumulated because they had less natural heat and concocted food less efficiently than men and or because they lived a less active life. Uh huh. So when men were sick, we gotta we gotta do it. You know, we gotta yep. get rid of their blood. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Emily, right. menstruation was viewed similarly to natural male. I have that in quotes. Forms of periodic purging. 
uh-huh. which included nosebleeds, <laughs> hemorrhoids, and sweating. Yep, that's right. Sweating <laughs> is just as bad as menstruating. Get out all those peccant humors in the sauna. That's right. That's right. So because humorism was so prominent a theory, it wasn't a stretch to apply the literal concept of peccant humors into a figurative term for any sort of corrupt thought. So it soon became a, f- a word that figuratively meant unhealthy, corrupt, or diseased. Got that you. Got you, got you, got you. So, for example, in his seminal text on empiricism, the 1605 book of the proficience and advancement of learning divine and human, Francis Bacon describes the three, in quotes, diseases of learning being study of words over matter, vain matter over sound knowledge, and deceit over truth. And Bacon continues by saying, Thus have I gone over these three diseases of learning, besides the which there are some other rather peccant humors, which are not to be passed over. Right? He's like, yeah, there's more bad blood here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, and then he wrote the song that Taylor Swift sings. Yeah, then he wrote, yeah, peccant blood, (laughs) that famous Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, Emily, he then lists like 10 other errors. He calls them errors. And they included focusing too much on antiquity or novelty, getting too philosophical, (laughs) or coming to a conclusion too hastily, which are all red flags that I look for on a first date. (laughs) (laughs) They're all red flags that I look for when reading ancient Greek medical texts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, but because we no longer adhere to humorism, Emily, yeah. peccant uh, We nowadays, certainly no longer adhere to humor on this podcast. Yeah, there's no, none of that here. <laughs> but it's so peccant is more often used in the moral sense today to mean yeah. like sinning or guilty of, of sin. But it's used in both senses kind of interchangeably uh, in modern times. That's fun. There's also another de- uh, like uh, obsolete definition that can mean just like faulty or erroneous so like if something is kind of like errant you know amiss yeah like uh i i had a quote where somebody had like a record of finances that the finances were incorrect and it was like you know oh the peccant finances yeah i could see that uh but emily either way you cut the peccant pie uh immoral or diseased being peccant just ain't good that's right yeah just ain't good it's bad Emily, that's peckin'. Kyle, fantastic. Oh, good. Love this word. I love finally getting the answer for why humor and humor are the same <laughs> yeah. word. And I feel like this is a word I can use. I like that. I like when the words we have on this podcast are like, I could use this word. Yeah, because then it feels like we're accomplishing something and not yeah, just putting you know? <laughs> nonsense into someone's brain. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of which... <laughs> Can you use this word, Emily? Can you use peccant in a sentence? I hope so, because now I've said I can. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what I had this for this morning oh, for, God. for brunch? What? I had a peccantly delicious rainbow cookie stuffed chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> which is a way that i've decided i can use this word (laughs) it's just it's just i'm picturing it stuffed with diseased blood you know yeah so beautiful emily thank you so much um a good job i'm glad you ruined it it. (laughs) 
<laughs> are you interested in a little game or are you about to faint from the bloodletting? <laughs> you know, I, maybe uh, let me distract myself with a game. Okay, sounds good. Emily, your game today is called The Infectious Four. Ooh, that's like the Fantastic Four? It's like the Fantastic Four, but diseased. Okay. (laughs) So we mentioned the four humors earlier. Yeah. But I purposely skipped over how they are connected to the four temperaments. Oh. So I'm going to give you one of the four temperaments, and you're going to have to connect it to its appropriate peccancy. Ooh. Too much blood, too much yellow bile, too (gasps) much black bile, or too much phlegm. This will be really good because I don't know what three out of four of them are. Exactly. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Emily, your first temperament is melancholic, characterized by sadness or depression. I think that's when you have too much, hmm, I think, you know, it's, you know, you're depressed, your mood is all, Mm -hmm. is all dark. Yeah, let's logic it out You want to be in the dark, you feel it all like black and stormy, so Uh I'm going to say that it's too much black bile. I can't believe you got this right on the (laughs) guest like that. (laughs) I'm sure my reasoning was wrong, but. (laughs) I mean, Yeah. But yes, melancholic (laughs) is associated with black bile. Melancholic comes from the ancient Greek melas, meaning black, and holos, meaning gall or bile. So melancholy literally is ancient Greek for black Black bile. bile. Wow. That's fun. Okay, Emily, you might be able to get the rest of these. Your next one is sanguine characterized by being overly indulgent, enthusiastic, or social. I mean, if this isn't blood, then everything I know (laughs) is a lie. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. It's blood from the Latin sanguis, meaning blood. That makes sense. All right, you're two for two, Emily. Ready for your next one? I'm ready. I'm going to go all four. Your next one is choleric. Characterized by aggressive, angry, short-tempered behavior. Huh. I can't know what the other one is now, can I? <laughs> no. I, nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, boy. I've really got nothing to go on here, but I'll make something up. Okay. If you're short-tempered, okay, you're short-tempered because yeah. uh-huh. you're in a rush because you got to pee. So it's yellow bile. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, your 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 logic is infallible, Emily. It's impeccable. It's impeccable. It really is impeccable. Uh yeah, choleric is yes. is associated with yellow bile. Oh, cuz you just gave me the col means bile. Yeah, exactly. You That's got right. it. You got it. I forgot about that. Okay, Emily, you're 3 for 3. The last one's a bonus question, so you don't even need to get this one right. I mean, it would be crazy if I got it wrong though. Uh, well, I'm changing it up. <gasps> so, the last temperament is phlegmatic, which by uh, you know, uh ruling everything else out, it must be associated with phlegm, right? Yeah. But can you tell me what the mood is characterized by? Oh, like what it means to be phlegmatic? Yes. Boy. So it sounds similar to pragmatic. Okay. Which is like you're doing everything very like logically and practically. Uh So if you're phlegmatic, you're doing everything 
like like you're just flailing around with reckless <laughs> abandon. <laughs> there is no practicality because there's no thoughts. <laughs> Do you think pragmatic is a mood? <laughs> yeah, pragmatic. like I'm feeling pragmatic today. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> no, Emily, you're incorrect. Phlegmatic is characterized by being too calm, reserved, or sluggish. Oh. Ironically, it comes from the ancient Greek phlegma, meaning flame. Don't ask me how those two were connected. I don't know. <laughs> they couldn't seem further apart. <laughs> yep. I don't get it. Wow. Crazy, but fun. Emily, you got... Three of the peccancies and the bonus one doesn't count. So I'm there giving you perfect score. <laughs> I, I, you don't you don't even need to purge yourself today. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, thank germ theory is really what we should yes, be thanking yes, today. Absolutely, thank germ theory big time, <laughs> and thank Kyle for Aww. a great episode. Thank you, and Emily. Thank our listeners. Hey, everybody. Remember, you can find Butterno Parsnips on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram at Butterno Parsnips Podcast, and on TikTok at Butterno Parsnips. And if you liked today's episode, consider giving us a five star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really liked today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Butterno Parsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast. Thanks so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Kyle Imperator. And I've been Emily Moyers. And this has been Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and myself, Kyle Imperator. The main and accompanying themes were composed by Kyle Imperator.